You're listening to Khan Podcasts. So we're speaking 30 years since the Oslo Accords, but even more so 30 years since that cabinet meeting. Before we start looking at some of the reflection of 30 years since the Oslo Accords, in light of the release of archival material from the cabinet meeting when the ministers, the government really had to look at that accord and discuss it, from your review of that, can you take us into the room, what you pulled away from that? What was happening then? Yeah, when you analyze the, uh, the report itself, I mean, the document uh, uh, of, the, uh, of the government meeting, uh, actually, this was the first time when most of the, uh, of the uh, uh, ministers actually saw this, uh, the, the, accord, the agreement, the, 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 the Oslo Accord itself, and understood what is the deep meaning of, uh, of this uh, document and of the uh, next uh, uh, step that the, uh, government, uh, uh, the government planned. When you analyze the, uh, the document itself, you can see that actually there are no illusions inside the room. People are not speaking in a, in a term in terms of uh, you know fantasy and utopia about uh, yeah our old enemy uh, became a very good friend not at all most of the uh, the ministers and mainly Rabin the prime minister they are very suspicious uh, to- toward PLO and mainly uh, toward the Yasser Arafat and uh, none of them are speaking in utopic language. You know, they speak about autonomy, they speak about uh, self-government, uh, they speak about border between the, the Palestinians and Israel. They do not speak about independent state. And they do speak about a lot of challenges and a lot of threats that are going uh, to, uh, that Israel is going to face uh, uh, with, uh, mainly the security uh, one. And I think that... Uh, it it is uh, quite uh, quite authentic and quite e- even even deep and, and clever and a- analysis. I mean the analysis of uh, of uh, of this uh, government meeting. So in hindsight, are some of the concerns that were raised in that meeting do they have a resonance today to how things have turned out? Yeah, I, I think that you know. Even after seven uh, seven years or a decade, uh, Nomi, uh, people understood what were the main uh, problems, the main mistakes of uh, of Oslo. For example, the main issue that was discussed in that meeting was who is our partner in the Palestinian side, and uh, is it necessary that Yasser Arafat and PLO, which in 1993, I think that the whole process, I mean, the, the Oslo Accords, was a, was a positive uh, attitude. It was a positive direction, historic direction. But there were, in the way to, de- to, to implement it, there were some mistakes. And the, and, and the most prominent mistake was actually to choose PLO and Arafat personally as our partner. Because I assess, I, of course I cannot know, but I assess that in the same time, I mean in 1993, there were serious uh, leaders here in the, ter- in the territories, the Palestinians uh, uh, call this, uh, uh, call this uh, area the, the inside arena, uh, Dachel. 
and they could be the, the prominent partner, partners of Israel, for example, uh, figures like uh, Faisal Husseini and Sari Nuseiba and Hanan Ashrawi. And uh, choosing the leadership from Tunisia, the outside, was quite wrong. And, you know, there are a lot of Palestinians that, uh, of course, today, but uh, even 30 years ago, accused Israel that uh, we, Israel, we brought the outside uh, leadership of, uh, of, uh, of the PLO who really doesn't know what is democracy, what is what are civil rights, what is freedom of, of uh, speech. And uh, unfortunately, it, it, it is a tragedy for both peoples. Was there an opportunity at that time that's been discussed, the outside Palestinian leadership, the inside Palestinian, to have cultivated, you think, that leadership, that uh, w- when I checked uh, documents, I, I mean archive uh, documents, uh, I, I found uh, I, I found out that uh, Rabin, not Peres, Peres was uh, really tried to promote the channel of Oslo and of course the negotiations with personally with with Arafat, but Rabin was uh, very suspicious toward the toward PLO and to, toward the uh, Arafat, and he attempted to. Uh, to check the inside uh, leaders, uh, mayors from Bethlehem or from Gaza or from other places in the West Bank and Gaza Strip, it was not very successful. You know, most of them told him, listen, we're not, you know, national leaders. We, we, we are local leaders. And of course, we, we have to obey PLO and, and Arafat. But I think that the this attempt, this uh, effort was not serious enough. I think that if we... In the past, uh, I mean, 30 years ago, if we could uh, promote uh, with with more uh, motivation this uh, kind of uh, of uh, attempt, maybe it was uh, successful. Now let's bring ourselves 30 years forward to this day and this situation. What's left from the framework of that? Certainly, the self-rule areas. And a current government, which sort of seems at odds even within itself on how its own attitude towards the Palestinian Authority. Where are we? Well, unfortunately, we are in a very complex uh, situation. Uh, there are a lot of alternatives. I mean, strategic one that were uh, were uh, checked in the past, and there are, people are, are still speaking about them in the present. But actually, the, the, we lost any any uh, hope to to promote them. For example, the two states vision. You know, the principle the principle itself. I mean, the two states vision is very important. But you cannot in 2023 really implement this kind of vision. First of all, we are not talking about one side, one Palestinian. Side one partner. There are two partners. There was, there was a split uh, inside the Palestinian camp, and today you cannot really have negotiations with Ramallah uh, that can present itself as responsible also also uh, uh, on Gaza. Second, the uh, relations, the economic and uh, civil relations between the Palestinians, mainly in, in the West Bank and Israel, were getting mu- uh, got much and much tighter and stronger than in in uh, 1993. Uh, when you when you check uh, infrastructure, uh, salaries, labor, uh, budget, you know today from the economic uh, point of view, actually the PA, the West Bank, is a part of the Israeli market. There was uh, you know uh, full melting of of the West Bank inside Israel, 
And from the demographic point of view, in 1993, we spoke about 130,000 settlers in the West Bank and in Gaza. Today, we are speaking about uh, uh, almost half a million. And of course, uh, some of the ministers in the government, they got a plan to, uh, to uh, reach one, one million uh, in, in, several, in several years. And when you're speaking about such a complex situation, you really understand that you cannot really implement the idea of, of the two states of, of Oslo. I think that there are other uh, alternatives uh, that are also, that, that you cannot implement them. For example, the idea of uh, begging uh, 40 years ago about autonomy, a civil one, but with no uh, political or national expression. Or uh, there is a, a new, an old new idea today about shrinking the conflict. You know, um, multidimensional uh, existence of the two peoples, but with no borders. It's a postmodernistic uh, uh, attitude. Uh, it is very complex for the two uh, peoples. And there is also all kind of, I, I think, quite bizarre ideas of, for example, uh, creating a United Arab Emirates of the West Bank, which means actually cantons. Uh, the Palestinians, by the way, call, call it Bantustan. You know, like the uh, it was a semi-state in South Africa uh, during the apartheid uh, regime. And I think that we must admit that today there are only two alternatives, two solutions. That all, that's all. The first one is the one-state reality. It's not a solution. It's a reality. But we need to, I mean, the Israelis need to choose whether it will be uh, one state for all its citizens, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be Israeli. Actually, we are uh, we give up the Israeli identity, and the other one is to keep to keep the uh, the um, uh, uh, regime Jewish, no matter if if the the Jews will be minority. And this is very close to the apartheid uh, uh, model, the apartheid style, style regime. And the other and the last uh, uh, alternative is actually to, you know, to put a border between us and the Palestinians. You know, it's, it's not utopic. It, I, I'm not very optimistic about it. And, you, of course, if we will do it uh, within an agreement with, uh, between us and the Palestinians or in a unilateral uh, move, it will be full of problems and full of thre threats and challenges. Of course, there will be uh, security challenges. And, and inside Israel, there will be... Will be dramatic crisis rift inside the, the Jewish uh, uh, society. But I think that, you know, today, Nomi, we, are not, we cannot choose between good and bad alternatives. We choose between bad and worst alternatives. And I really assess that uh, the, uh, the border, the physical uh, partition of the West Bank is the, uh, the bad uh, alternative, but uh, it's better than the one state alternative, which is really, it's a Bosnian hell style, according to my opinion. And on the other side of that theoretical border, who is the Palestinian entity? Or Israel just says, hands off, we're not... Well, I, I think, you know, it's, it, it, it's the most dramatic question mark here. Because um, uh, this is, you know, the uh, the question whether you you prefer to promote it uh, with agreement or without agreement with the Palestinians. And unfortunately, today I think that there is no 
stable and brave enough partner in the Palestinian side. I think that, for example, if Israel will try to promote negotiations with the current uh, regime in Ramallah, we will find out very quickly that uh, there is no one really who, who wants to promote, you know, historic settlement. And that, for example, Abu Mazen, is not brave enough really to, to cross the, this, uh, this junction. Maybe the next generation will be. So I think that in order not to reach the point of no return, you know, full melting between us and the West Bank, I think that we should consider the, uh, the unilateral step. Exactly like the, the, the strategic move that, were take, uh, that took place in Gaza in 2005. Uh, you know, the withdrawal from uh, Gaza, of course, it wasn't an agreement. And today uh, we see how many threats and challenges there, there are from uh, Gaza. But I think that being in one entity is worst. You know, we, I, I know the people of, uh, of uh, all the settlements in the West Bank, and I met a lot of Hamas and Fatah members. I really don't think that they can live in one entity, uh, you know, with full equality and harmonic uh, uh, and peaceful uh, uh, situation. Unfortunately, it's utopic and full of illusions, uh, 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 perception. And uh, yeah, we need to we need to take uh, take a step in order to to put a barrier between us and the Palestinians.